Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Welcome to episode 151 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the third episode of August 2015, and the Daikaiju discussion episode for the Gilala sequel, which is all I'll say right now. Uh, we do have some voices here in the studio with me. Please join me in welcoming back a long-lost voice. Sane Donahue is back. Thank you, Kyle. What's up, dude? <laughs> It's only been four years. Uh, God, has that's it, not that long. Four years? Yeah. Did you actually like look up when the last time you were here is? Because that does sound absolutely right. <laughs> no, not necessarily. I just am it's good gotta at be something like of, that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we've been at, uh, here. We moved here like three years ago, and you haven't been on one since we've no, been here. No, so, no but it's, I think, yeah, I just yeah. have a good memory for that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, it was about four years ago. I was working at Netflix. Oh when yeah. I came out here last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. All right. Well, welcome back, sir. Well, thank it's you. been far too long since we've had your dulcet tones on the podcast. And in addition to saying, we of course have Brian and Rachel Cook. Hello. Hi there. And we are going to watch this movie. We're going to play a little bit of music before that, and then we'll get right into the discussion.
Once again, class, it's time for our Daikaiju discussion. Every month, the Kaiju Cast takes a look at one particular film from the giant monster landscape and tasks the listeners with submitting their thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. Thanks to an online tool, I've randomly assigned one movie to each month, ensuring that this podcast will go on for a long, long time. This month, we're looking at Girara no Gyakushu Toyaku Samitu Kiku Ipatsu. That is the best that I could do to read that Japanese, which uh, is known better here in the States as the Monster X Strikes Back slash Attack the G8 Summit. This film was produced in 2008 by Shochiku, uh, who also produced the original, because this is a sequel, the original film Uchu, I think it's Uchu Kaiju Girara, yeah. which we know here in the States as the X from Outer Space. Um, now, this is actually a parody film, not just a question about it. This is a <laughs> comedy straight up supposed to be funny. Um, probably one of the most supposed to be funny official Kaiju films that has been made. Um, I'll let you guys decide if it is actually indeed funny. The film was directed by Minoru Kawasaki, who brought us such greats as the calamari wrestler and everyone, but Japan sinks. Um, I had never heard of him before this movie, although I had heard of the calamari wrestler. It also stars some familiar to kaiju fan actors, namely Bin Furuya, hmm. Susumo Kurobe, and oh. Yosuke Natsuki. And that is a name that Showa fans will recognize. Um, but we got to add one more name to that list, which you may be familiar with: Beat Takashi. I love him. Yes. Is in this film. Sweet. And wait till you see. What he's playing. Oh <laughs> anyway, boy. I'm just going to let excited. that let that sit, and we're going to go watch the movie, and we'll be right back to talk about it. サミットは中止にしたいと思います。竹魔人が<笑> All right, so we just finished watching uh, <laughs> The Monster X Strikes Back Attack the G8 Summit. And uh, let's start with our standard. Who here had seen this before? I had not. I nope. can only halfway raise my hand. So. Uh, for my yeah. three co-hosts here, nobody had seen the film nope. before. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Mm -hmm. 
So I'll just go ahead and say my story. I went to G-Fest in 2009 where they showed this at the Pickwick. And uh, I specifically remember seeing the beginning of the film (laughs) because of the way G-Fest is. You'd run around and do things like crazy all day. And then they have these movies at the Pickwick Theater. And so you get me in a dark room after I've spent the day running around and I really don't need very much coercing to fall asleep. And that is exactly what happened. I fell asleep. So that's why I said I've sort of kind of seen this one before, but there was a whole lot that I had missed. <laughs> and so we're going to we're going to talk about it. So uh, I guess let's go around the room and start with initial thoughts. This is going to be great since you've never seen it before. So tell me a little bit about uh, what you thought when the movie wrapped up when those credits came up. I was relieved. <laughs> um yeah, there. The, 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 it was kind of all over the place. It was. It was all over the place. I don't actually. I mean, I don't know much about the director. I don't know much about his uh, calamari wrestler or his other films. It sounds like he's pretty much a parody guy. Like mm-hmm. that's what he's been doing. Now, this is information that I got off of the uh, off of Wikipedia. So you know, obviously taking it with a Wikipedia grain of salt. And, uh, but it seems to me if those are the movies that he's worked on, he's pretty much found his calling as a parody comedy director, uh, independent or not. But the, the, the gist that I got from this viewing is that, uh, I think the comedy went over a little bit better because I heard people here chuckling at least. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, I thought I thought it was funny. I I was enjoying it through I don't know about the halfway point maybe when I kind of just started to get a little bit bored yeah. and it felt the, like the comedy got repetitive. And so I got a real kick out of a lot of the initial jokes, but then I felt like they kept doing them, and so it lost me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sane, what'd you think, man? Did you even know what to expect coming here? Today? No, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, beyond watching the original, you know, 60, what, eight film? Um, uh, 67, yeah, 67 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting into. I remember vaguely this coming out and uh, seeing some, you know, probably uh, article or here or there, but I uh, didn't really know what to know. Uh, what to, it was, I didn't know what to make of it. Uh, Ham fisted. I guess yeah, the best way to put it, not knowing enough about Japan's political climate in night there in 2008, uh, I guess, you know, yeah. what am I to take away from this? <laughs> uh, other than vaguely racist sort of like stereotypes of various totally, other countries. Absolutely stereotypes. Uh, and I was going to say like racist is a word that sort of came into my brain, but I almost feel like this is just the, multimedia embodiment of a political cartoon. <laughs> like it, it had so many elements in that film that were like, I'm opening up in a newspaper and there's a argument going on between these politicians and a giant monster attacking in the background. <laughs> no. If this had been a, like a 12 to 17 minute long, like adult swim right. cartoon right. Or, or animated yeah, like Tim short, and Eric sort yeah. of thing would have been hilarious at, you know, I don't know what its running time is. I am assuming it's hour, hour and, half, and, half. Hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, by minute 12, I was pretty much done with it. Yeah. It was like, you know, the only thing I could say was like, well, at least they kept, you know, the original monster suit look like spot on. Oh, but yeah. beyond that, and like, and the odd, like, kind of 
cutting in the original footage to some degree. Uh, that was bizarre. Okay, yeah. so uh, just a, as a weird sidebar, um, I was watching it and eating at the same time. So I kept like looking down at my pizza and then looking up at the thing. And the next thing I knew, I was sitting there questioning the use of the footage. And it definitely, at one point, I was like, that looks like old footage. But they did a pretty decent job of matching footage from 1967 to, yeah. ni- uh, to 2008. There was one or two CGI effect versions of the original sure, yeah. you know, effects that were not particularly well done. Yeah. Think, you know. It was weird, though. I mean, it's a, it, and it's a bizarre movie. It's yeah. not supposed to be serious. It's supposed to be a comedy. So it's hard to judge this film by regular kaiju film standards on some levels, on other levels, it's very easy to, you know, lump it in with the rest of the films and say, okay, well, where does this sit? I would actually almost say I'd rather judge this compared to other kaiju comedy films. Like, so, and, and I don't know, saying if you know this, but mm-hmm. recently because of the way the Daikaiju discussions were planned, the newer films, the, the comedies have been sort of like grouped together here in the mm. last, like, a year, I would yeah. say, mm-hmm. where we've all of a sudden gotten to watch Death Kappa. Right. And uh, Big Man Japan. Big Man Japan yeah. is another one. And I know there is are more. Kobisari I mean, was hilarious. Somewhat. Sorry, kind of, yeah. 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 <laughs> I not that not supposed to be, though. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I'd say uh, Big Man Japan exactly was comedy, although it's a humorous it's notes in it. It's dry comedy, it's, though. Yeah. It's and, meta it's a, it's to some sort degree. Of the, these oddities, these yeah. kaiju oddities, that's right. what we're sort of like dealing with Mm -hmm. now we're watching these weird films now we'll have some other classics peppered in throughout here and there but like the fact that in the past year alone we've watched three of those films which were weird entries into the landscape and now we've got this one here uh which is clearly i mean there's absolutely no um no down in my mind because it was said when it came out like this is a comedy film it's not like the original where you're like is this serious or is it yeah. supposed to be funny? Is it supposed mm-hmm. to be making fun well, of the, like, cause it was the product of its time. I mean, that's the, well, that, the difference that is here. true in yeah. some respects, but yeah. um, you know, it's some people think that Gappa is, right. is a parody and some people think Gilala is a parody, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not like one of those things where we have someone to say, yes, indeed. I remember making this film and we were making fun of the Kaiju genre. This one here seemed much more like, Obviously, seemed much more like we're poking fun at the at the genre. We're also poking fun at like political stuff. But here's here's an example in you know recent American cinematic memory. Something like The Last Action Hero, which is a terrible right, movie right. from like 1992, but that was meant to be parody, but was sold as this very straightforward movie, and almost nobody but the director, I think it was John McTiernan like knew it was going to be a comedy or expected to be this parody film, this, uh, you know, kind of biting accusation of the state of action movies at the time. <laughs> Although I would, I, I, I would disagree with that. It's terrible. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I love is, that movie. Is it, is it a love because <laughs> of nostalgia? Because of the, yeah. I was just saying it's, it's a parody yeah. because I knew it going into right. it, what it was supposed to be. Or but at least what it ended up. <laughs> save it being a yeah. good or bad cinematic work. That is your nostalgia kind of That's like true. you love the movie because yeah. it means something to you from your own life. It still is not a good movie. It's still not, it's still got a lot of missteps. It's still well again. It's yeah, like no, all I know these things are subjective. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. 
Yeah. What? Art yeah. is subjective? Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> <Can> I, <laughs> no. But yeah, Before totally. we get further yeah, yeah, admired yeah. in this, can I say this has the worst accents ever done like oh just my gosh. not just terrible accents well like, it's so weird terrible that they acting. would even go down that road i mean because you said stereotypes yeah. earlier yeah. and like every single member of the g8 summit was totally stereotypical and i love i mean i'd love it on one hand and i cringe politically somewhat incorrect i guess is where the mm-hmm. stance is that they're they're sitting there for doing this uh i you said the accents were terrible. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the worst in the bunch was the dude who was supposed to be British. British. Yeah. <laughs> right. is, it, yeah. is it really that difficult? That's the amazing thing. It's like, I think we've all heard that accent our entire lives. Wherever that gentleman was from, clearly American yeah, or perhaps yeah. Canadian. Or Canadian, yeah. But he's got to know. Like, you could do a bad Beatles accent and still yeah. be English. <laughs> yeah. Or just yeah. throw in, like, yeah. a Cheerio, yeah. Johnny Goodhart, <laughs> yeah. mate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. several Anything. different British accents to choose from. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. None. Oh, man. None. Yeah, none. That's yeah. what I... I'll choose Well, none. and the Canadian, <laughs> the Canadian accent, which was Canadian. clearly not... <laughs> Any discernible accent that I know of? Yeah, at I think all? that dude yeah. was just supposed to be French Canadian, so he spoke in a weird French-ish accent. Ish, yeah, <laughs> French-ish. Uh, I think clearly the winner of uh, our, well, I guess you could say the Kaiju Casties. I don't know what you want to call the awards. <laughs> we don't give people, but like the winner of some recognized actor position in this film is definitely the guy from Italy. Oh, he was yeah. definitely the one to watch. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, I guess if we could go to our normal thing. Like, I mean, first we've already done our first impressions. So, you know, what did you like about this film, Brian? Well, I love Gualala. I think the design is great. It was fun to see kind of a new version of the suit. Mm-hmm. It, it basically looked the same. And, uh, I was also really pleased with, uh, beat Takashi's character, the Take Majin. Take uh, Majin. It, it yes, was, yes. it was definitely corny, but they, I think it was a neat play on, uh, Ultraman because Ultraman is supposed to be sort of, his face is supposed to resemble Buddha. And, uh, beat Takashi's character kind of looked like, uh, Vishnu, like, it got us with all the arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if, I, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So. I don't. Yeah. I Well, I'll tell you right now. I don't have enough knowledge in the lore of, uh, of Hindu gods <laughs> yeah. to actually say which particular deity beat Takashi's character right. was supposed to look like. But I did love how the statue had a, <laughs> a fire extinguisher and yeah. an, an umbrella. umbrella. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So weird. Mm. Uh, but the the tropes that get used. I mean, that was definitely something that I, I found amusing. The trope that I found amusing was the fact that basically they had probably an eight by 15 foot square that Gralala never left. Like it was <laughs> oh, literally yeah. the same little mountain range, <laughs> right. like used over and over. Uh, they, you know, supplement it with a, with a chain link fence and some cars and yeah, power totally, lines. Yeah. But that was about it. The little farmhouse or yeah. whatever was on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at, at Mount Showa, which yeah. I actually oh, yeah, thought, Oh, great. maybe that's a reference to the Showa era, but no, there is literally a Mount Showa in Japan. Yeah. Uh, I, Mystery solved. Uh, mystery solved, exactly. <laughs> All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? What would you love about the film? 
Uh, I was very shocked to see the Kim Jong Il reveal <laughs> there. <laughs> and, Definitely, and uh, and not disappointed at all now. That, no, right? Not yeah, yeah. Disappointed that uh, that that didn't um, really wrap up in a good sense. Uh, he just sort of escaped. Kinda, yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. But um, but that was hilarious and a great surprise. Um. And let's see. I also oh the little kid that shows up to name the monster. Oh, in the beginning, <laughs> in yeah, the beginning that was, that was pretty with funny. the lollipop and kid. yes, yeah, yeah, just shows up. And that was hilarious. And they escort him out. That was that yeah. was awesome. I think that kid was definitely named Kenny. We just I, have to. I think it's just going to yeah. be. Canon. I did expect that, that particular to repeat itself to the movie and they didn't they they missed uh, comedy gold by not having that child re- <laughs> oh, yeah, reappear that, throughout the movie <laughs> instead of the yeah. boring French liaison oh sort of uh, subplot yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I do you know I I do like a good meta French joke? kaiju film I like a good French joke yeah, exactly. every once in a while but I, uh, I a good kaiju meta film every once in a while something that actually like even even speaking in terms of GMK like the beginning where they're the two students are whispering like oh wasn't Godzilla in New York and they're like that wasn't really Godzilla just they, the Americans thought it was Godzilla and like hey they got it they made yeah. fun of their own thing I like it you know so to see that kind of stuff with the tropes and in, in this particular film, I enjoyed very much. What about mm-hmm. what you love about this film? If anything, <laughs> <laughs> I did appreciate the fact that they did not make any alteration whatsoever to the original suit. Oh, to the like, design just of nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I yeah. appreciate that because I think it's so often the case now. And, uh, final wars is a perfect example of this. And it's just so easy to, go wild with the designs and like want to update them every single time yeah. and put more spines on them and more horns and frills mm-hmm. and wings. Definitely. Cause obviously, or to me anyways, one of the worst kaiju designs ever is the final wars Ghidra. He's just horrible. Oh He's yeah. He's one yeah, of yeah. the worst mm-hmm. kaiju designs ever in Kaiser popular film. Ghidra. Yeah. Kaiser and I think that it was, it showed a lot of restraint for them to use the original looking suit, like no alterations whatsoever. Yeah. And I did enjoy that quite a bit. I can't say there was much I enjoyed. I mean, I snickered throughout because it's like, Oh my, I get that reference to some degree. I, you know, there were certainly no laugh out loud moments for me. It was, it was painful to get through it in some ways. (laughs) You know, now have you seen death Kappa? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I, I mean, I, one of the things that I loved about this film, like I just said, that the kaiju tropes and, yeah. and b- being able to successfully poke fun at the genre. And I thought Death Kappa did a horrible job mm-hmm. of that. Like I, yeah. I, I said it during the episode when mm-hmm. we watched it, Death Kappa seems mean spirited right. towards the kaiju genre. Um, even though that's probably not what they were going for in this film, everything seemed to come from a place of almost misplaced love you know you could look at mm-hmm. the, the jokes that they were making especially like pointing fingers at the different tropes in the kaiju you know movies and say oh well that's just because that's what they like and like the fact that there was music that sounded very much like somebody was absolutely trying to make ifukabe's music right. without it being ifukabe's music and you know <laughs> the fact that there's an, an ancient group in the in the mountains of Hokkaido who yeah. worship this this mm-hmm. uh, Majin character. Obviously, you know a tribute to Daimajin and tribute to other 
other aspects wasn't of, quite uh, there yeah. enough though they spent so much time on this political like oh yeah bickering that they they missed so many opportunities well like i think that was that was the downfall yeah. necessarily is that the the movie was more of a of a you know political cartoon than it was a hey we love kaiju movies mm-hmm. too let's look at all these goofy things that happen in them which is what I would have rather. Yeah, I would have rather seen. I would have rather seen the super weapon that they attempt to bring out. Again yeah, yeah. Now, point. Uh, so this movie uh, is also very similar to that film Gehara. Yeah. Did did you guys watch oh, that too? You've seen that? Oh yeah, no, I haven't Gehara, seen it, yeah. but you've told us about okay, it. Okay, yeah. So um, it's almost as if they the same people saw this film and were like, oh, you know, we could do that better. Right. <laughs> and they they made a short <laughs> that's only like. 20 minutes long or something like that, that more successfully yeah. pokes fun in a loving way at the Kaiju genre. Mm. Um, now, as far as things that I didn't like about this film, the pacing is probably the, the worst. That's so plotting. I mean, it's oh. just yeah. so you have to, every time I think by the time the movie's halfway over, I'm ready for it to be done. And yeah. then we keep going back and forth between the two locations, essentially mm-hmm. the mountains and the G8 summit. And man, the longer we're at the G8 summit, the longer I just wish we were actually at the actual mountain, you know, the shrine and stuff. I'd rather watch that dance more right. than watch the uh, <laughs> awkward, political, terribly vocalized, you know, yeah, politis- uh, politicians. It's just, blech. I'm not into that. But overall, I would say that this movie uh, is more fun than Big Man Japan and more fun than Death Kappa. Well, and then you've got other ones somewhere in there. Too. At least this one ended more satisfactorily than Big yeah. Man Japan because it, it's almost as if much like the ending of a lot of comedies here in the United States where they just don't know where to end the film. Like a Saturn Life yeah, sketch. Yeah, yeah. There's just like, and then it becomes the yeah. real world oh, yeah, and yeah, it's, actually, a, yeah. car, it's a TV show and then it just camera you know yeah all of iris the is out and it's stuff, done all the g8 stuff totally reminded me of sketch comedy yeah in, in that particular way mm-hmm. least favorite aspects brian yeah i think well the political commentary seemed it just seemed toothless you know like mm-hmm. uh they weren't really saying much of anything they uh the russian guy was Putin, and mm-hmm. they clearly were riffing on the two japanese prime ministers abe and Whoever preceded him, which um, Omuzi, I think, Oezy, I can't pronounce what, however the character was. But they were using such just broad stereotypes yeah. of like the mm-hmm. warmongering mm-hmm. United States and then, you know. It, 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 I felt if they would have said something, it would have been better than right. spending a lot of time saying nothing. <laughs> Except for in Japan, I think they were saying something about the Japanese prime minister, but it's kind of over my head. Cause oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would I'd absolutely yeah. admit that I know there are things that I wasn't getting because I'm not Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. What about you, Rachel? Tell me something you didn't like about the Gilala sequel. I would say that, um, I guess, I guess I just agree with the, the plot and just not moving along and just, it having horrible pacing. I don't really, yeah, um, have a lot of gripes other than that. That's the main one. And it made the movie pretty low on my list of kaiju films to recommend to other people. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, 
I felt myself getting distracted really easily while watching the film, just like zoning yeah. out. I actually like, had to I'm stop myself from looking this. at my phone a few yeah. times. Cause it's, it was just pretty, it felt daunting to get through the movie. Well, you did it. Yeah. You stayed awake. <laughs> That's right. You made it through. <laughs> You get a gold star. Thank you. All of you guys get yes. gold stars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this does bring up, uh, this, uh, reminded me though. Uh, so is on your slate of films in the near future, they're like the 98, 99 Yangari sort of, you know what? I'm going to have CGI to add thing. it because yeah. it was not on there before. Reptilian. Yep. Reptilian. The, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, I guess the international title, us mm-hmm. release title. I don't yeah. know exactly how you'd say that. Uh, straight to DVD or straight to VHS. I think it's the time yeah, title. Yeah, basically. Definitely. I think it got a, a sci-fi channel release originally oh, yeah, when it yeah. came out. <laughs> that yeah. would make sense. I've seen footage, but I've never seen the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. As far as Korea goes, I think that uh, that might be the only kaiju film that's available that I haven't seen. What about you, Kyle? What did you find hard to watch in this movie? <laughs> uh, it really was just the, the, the G8 Summit aspect. I mean, that was... I really wanted to see more monster stuff, and... That can generally be said about any kaiju film, but just this one, like you said, you guys were talking about, it was a slog to get through the human drama. And uh, yeah, those stereotypes really don't need to take place the entire movie. Like having to go back to that well over and over again, just I wouldn't suggest it. We could talk more about the film, but it's really it's almost this film is like a footnote to me. I don't feel like it has anything sort of really that needs to be shared too much. Uh, I don't know if it came from a place of love enough to really warrant more discussion either. I don't know if the director, if he was just using the tropes of, you know, kaiju movies to kind of say something else. I I mean, guess that because, uh, he's, he did the calamari wrestler, which again, I have not seen, but, and again, I have not seen, uh, everyone. What was it? Everything but Japan sinks or whatever. (laughs) Like, like, because he's producing those kinds of movies, I would imagine that he comes at this from a place of, well, this is fun to do, and it is, there is some love there. Um, but it's just not. It's like the Waynes Brothers of Japan. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah, the Judd yeah, Apatow or some. It is kind of like somewhat. a scary movie. Kind yeah. Of. yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, the parody aspect of it, I mean, yeah. it's just, it, I just think that if you're going to do a parody of a kaiju film, don't spend so much time with the pol- politicians, you know? Well, there's a balance there. Of course, you have to have that filler. You have to have a series of events in the movie that can connect oh, yeah, no, the no. audience to some don't, of the other things. Yeah, going. But this was all that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong about the, mm-hmm. I, I completely would welcome a, another parody film that just took more aspects of the films. And if it almost was, seemed like they said, you guys here, you're going to be our stars and you're guaranteed 90 minutes of screen time in the movie or something like that. If there was the Japanese equivalent for a kaiju movie of like, um, lost skeleton cadaver. Yes. That's almost what I'd I'd prefer to see. Yeah. Like, uh, like it came from a place of love. People were trying to parody it. Maybe it suffered a little bit from some flat acting or something like that, but generally they were trying to emulate that and point out the ridiculousness of eras gone by. It's funny. This is slightly off subject, but this is one of those things that always sticks in my craw when somebody goes on like Facebook or something like that. And look how stupid this J.C. Penney's catalog ad is from 1978. Everybody looks like a moron. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody dressed like that in 1978. Yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. know. And 
25 years from now, everybody's going to be like, wow, look at how stupid people looked in 2015. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's easy to do that with something like a film or music or something like that to just go like, well, look at how ridiculous and bad these films are. And they're not. They're a product of their time. Is this particular movie a product of 2008 in Japan? I don't know. No, uh, you know again, we're, so. we're too removed to know. But I feel if, yeah, if some filmmaker there really want to do a love letter in that regard to like, let's make this 1964 through 1968 kaiju movie and oh, yeah. really try and encapsulate those things that we all find iconic and not just copy them, but try mm-hmm. and like really like what made this ridiculous? What made this fun to watch? What makes it silly to look back through the eye of 30 years but endearing like, right but endearing the way yeah skeleton of Kadabra i think i would it. love to see that i would love to see somebody do that which it, by the way listeners if you have not seen the lost skeleton of Kadavra, rachel brian have it's you not seen a masterpiece not. <gasps> but it's very good oh it's so good yeah. yeah i mean it's so good that people watch the trailer for it and they're like is this really yeah from is the this 50s? from the 50s this, yeah yeah, yeah. it's but it's it's hilarious but it's not like overtly hilarious. Yeah. You know, you could walk into a theater and watch two minutes of it and be like, is, this is real, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's, it's very so, close. Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that the morphology of human beings have changed since the fifties. Oh yeah. And so yeah. the couple of the, point, some of the yeah. people that they, they, they cast in their traditional fifties, like scientist roles are like, it's like, you just don't look like a guy from the fifties. You're yeah. too modern looking. It's like, that's why it's so difficult for, Hollywood in general or anywhere to like make period pieces because people just don't look the same, yeah, even decade true. to decade. True. It's so difficult to do that. Um, we watched a movie this morning just for fun while we were having breakfast called It the Terror from Beyond Space. It's from 1927. Oh, yeah. It's this <laughs> brain movie. It's basically Alien, but it's from the 50s. And just watching this, of course, my girlfriend and I are just poking holes in it constantly because that's half of the fun of watching this thing that's separated from you in time by 40 or 50 or 60 years. And it's like no space program. They're sending a rocket to Mars. It's come back with an alien monster on it. This giant lizard man who the costume was so poorly fitting that like the actor's chin protruded through the mouth (laughs) and they just painted it red and said it was his tongue. Oh my God. But we were looking around the set and it's like, okay, well, it's a rocket ship. It's a 50s rocket ship, literally with the, like the spark emitting like flames uh, coming out the back for propulsion. Yeah. And the one thing they got right was like, well, there's a vacuum and there's no gravity. So like there's artificial gravity on the ship and they have to walk outside the ship at one point. But it's a cylinder with staircases there. And so they keep trying to like much like Alien, keep trying to keep the monster at one level and they close up a deck and close up a deck and tell they're finally at the end. But it's like at one point they're in the science lab area. And it's like, I'm sure some set director was like, you know what says science test tubes and beakers yeah. on the a Jacob spaceship yeah, with yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> nothing strapped down. Everything's just a normal fire cabinets. Like there's like, <laughs> like one point they have like, well, what about all this acid we have in this fire cabinets? That's not strapped down in glass beakers on a spaceship that could very easily be struck or <laughs> I don't know. Acid in zero G doesn't sound <laughs> dangerous at all. <laughs> and I would love to see something well produced. You know, I've been I've been saying for a few years now that it would be really great and this is sort of a separate conversation, but it'd be really great for a US company just like uh Saperstein did yeah. back in the in the 60s to actually help finance a kaiju film. Oh, I'd love it. I would also be supportive of the same thing happening with 
a well done parody as mm-hmm. well, you know, but something produced maybe, uh, Oh man, I'm trying to remember the story and my brain is just not in the right place. I want to say when I was speaking to Brad Warner, yes, it was when I was speaking to Brad Warner, he said that they, uh, they actually shot stuff in the States for an Ultraman TV show. Right. And it was so terrible that Japan was like, just here, we're going to fix this. So we're going to bring, <laughs> bring the suits over, you know, you shoot new miniatures and stuff like that. And it just seems like that's the kind of thing, like have Japan, have, you know, Toho or somebody involved with it so that you could really make it seem feel legit. But, you know, at the same time, playfully poke, there has to be the, yeah. yeah, that co-productive aspect of it. It's like, yeah. okay, look, look, if we're going to be the backers or you can use the access to our, vast resources of filmmaking that are just not honestly, even to this day, not there in Japan, you know, uh, then I w- it'd be amazing. Like, okay, here, bring mm-hmm. up a Japanese crew. Maybe the writers try and translate or make it accessible to both audiences, yeah. you know, to America, yeah, 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 like, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. the, the old, uh, story that, you know, rumor that went around for decades until the internet came along. There were two different King Kong versus oh, that one. sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, even maybe shoot two movies. It's like, shoot, shoot kind of the <laughs> uh, Americanized awesome. version, yeah. shoot the Japanese version. It's like, that'd be amazing. I'd love to see it. That would have to be somebody's passion project. That would have yeah. to be some person that has got a lot of influence, a lot of money that just wants to do it because they want to keep it. It's a Tarantino sort of thing. True, true. Yeah. yeah. yeah and you know, the, the whole thing with Death Kappa was, you know, when I said this exhaustively on the episode, but um, Tomu Haraguchi kept talking about how he wanted to do things in the old school way. And the end result of that film was just so disappointing. I would love for somebody to actually pick up those reins again and d- be determined to do things in the old school way so that you would be able to get that, you know, lost skeleton of cadaver look to it, you know, by maybe like using actual film yeah. and like oh, doing yeah, all those exactly. practical effects. Yeah. Now, speaking of lost skeleton of cadaver, the director or writer, I think maybe both Larry Blamer, mm-hmm. Blamer, uh, at one point had announced that he was going to do his own kaiju film. Yeah. Gadzuka, yeah. the unbearable. But uh, apparently nothing's no. nothing surfaced about that. Maybe my good friend Mark Jaramillo, who might be listening to this episode, has an update on that and he can share it with us. But he's not here in the studio to talk with us. About it. So uh, I, I'm just going to move on to final thoughts, I think. Brian, where does this movie sit in the kaiju landscape for you, very low. Yeah, very low. Uh, it, I, I, if I was talking to a kaiju fan about Gualala, I would definitely say, <clears throat> watch X from Outer Space. Right, that is right. a fun movie. Uh, it's very kitschy. Uh, it's enjoyable. And yeah, this was not. This did not fire on all cylinders. This made a lot of bad decisions and did not have enough monster stuff. And mm-hmm. the monster stuff that was there wasn't engaging enough. So. I would definitely give it a thumbs down. Skip this one. So. Gotcha. Okay. Rachel, how'd you feel about this film? Especially now that we've finished talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree. Um, with Brian, really, I know when we went to G-Fest in 09, we didn't go watch it at the Pikmin um, because so many people had said, oh, don't waste your time. That movie's terrible. And I'm kind of glad that we didn't go mm-hmm. and do that. I think we just ended up hanging out in our hotel room that night and watching the, whatever they had on the TV. You know how they play the Which is probably shows way better. And, yeah, that's way, what yeah. way more interesting. And yeah. the, the different kaiju films. Um, so... 
Um, so thank you for all your reviews at G-Fest, folks, so that Brian and I didn't <laughs> <laughs> torture ourselves. Through it. Um, you but, saved um, them a solid yes, hour and a half of their lives. Exactly. Um, but really here... And I'm I, here to destroy that solid right, hour Exactly. Now <laughs> it's it gone. And, <laughs> um, now, I... I really had hope at, at the beginning of the film where, like I said, it, I thought it was funny and I was laughing, but then it just lost me so quickly. So I wouldn't really recommend it to people. Mm-hmm. And to think earlier today, you were saying, should I watch The X from Outer Space so that I can catch up and kind of know where we're at when we watch the sequel? <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah. told her no. You can get the background, yeah. 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 Not I did necessary. actually. I listened to the X from Outer Space episode that we did yeah. last year um, to remind myself of different details from that film, but um, and kind of my thoughts at the time, so I can compare. But I like that film way better than this. Yes, one. the original '60s film. I definitely would give many more thumbs up over this one. Sane, let's hear your final thoughts, man. Um, well. When people talk about the like, that's an hour of my life, I'll never get back. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah. Like that, like, I don't know that I've ever had that so profoundly, <laughs> like struck into my consciousness as uh-huh. now. It's like, wow, that I, I enjoy the company. I'm so glad to be able to come out and do this. Yes, but like, there is yard work that I could have done. There is like a number of other, this movie f- clearly falls. When you're scrolling down a Wikipedia page and you get to the bottom where it says reference and there's a bunch of hot links that don't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly where this falls. This is going to be <laughs> on the Wikipedia page for the X from Outer Space. It's like, oh, yes, and a parody film come sequel the was made. At the bottom of the page. Yep, yes. It's going to be down there. Nobody's ever going to follow this. Uh, they may come across it accidentally in clip versions on YouTube. And that's as far as it'll ever go. I mean, I, I don't really even see this being worthy of being deemed a footnote in no. the history of kaiju films. Yeah, I would even almost say, like, you know, some people, we watch a movie and they're like, why'd you watch that film, you know? And in general, it's because we're merit. doing... Yes, exactly. Sometimes we're, we're they doing really... these because technically they're kaiju films. I know they're not the serious stuff, but, you know, I think, I think it's better to watch everything yeah. so you can get a better understanding of the entire thing, mm-hmm. you know, the entire mm-hmm. world totally. of kaiju universe. Of kaiju films. And that includes the funny and the weird and the terrible ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I completely agree with you on that. And, uh, you know, I would say for, for me, this movie sits pretty far down on the list. I mean, it's not something that I would ever suggest anyone watch unless I was producing a podcast where we were watching all the films <laughs> like we are. And, um, I think if you've seen everything else pop in, this film, you know, just to see what it's like. Also, I think it's very interesting that like, (laughs) of course I think it's interesting. I've mentioned it a million times in the past few years that after 2004, Japan didn't know what to do with itself in terms of making kaiju films. So that that's when we got all of these weird, funny ones, you know, and this exists in that serious vacuum where we get these bizarre Slightly funny, slightly, definitely stereotypical, maybe slightly racist, you know, (laughs) kaiju films that may or may not play well to my funny bone. And this one had some of those chuckle moments, but nothing. I think maybe once I went ha like that at something, but for the most part. It's pretty skippable. Yeah, honestly, the only piece of like comedy gold I can think of the whole thing was the 
Kenny like child. Yeah. Like, you know, naming yeah. the monster. It's yeah. Like virtually nothing else. Yeah. I will say uh, the one positive thing that I forgot to mention earlier is normally when we get these newer films and they have cameos from people like Susumu Kurobe, they have roles. Maybe they're very, very small. I felt that Kurobe's and uh, uh, Furuya's and Natsuke's roles were significant. Oh, so yeah. it was cool to see them at least do, some, do their stuff. And it was kind of funny that, you know, Beat Takashi was inside that Takeshi. Right. right. That, yeah, that was cool. funny. Although I was a little bit disappointed just because I wanted to see him as a main actor in the film, mm-hmm. thinking that for the comedy angle, I thought he'd be true, hilarious. True. Um, but that was a great little touch to have him in the suit. Right on. Well, uh, I think we're pretty much universally opposed to suggesting this to kaiju newbies. So we're going to go ahead and move along to the listener reviews. And we did get several listener homeworks in. We're going to start things off with Robert Wright Stasco. Hello, this is Robert Wright Stasco from ctgpodcast.com with my review for Monster X Strikes Back Attack the G8 Summit. Now, I'd like to start going back to my review for Big Man Japan, which I said I didn't quite get the humor in that movie, and I also admitted that I didn't understand it very well. But after listening to the Kaiju Cast episode that explained all about the background to that film, I was like, oh, I get it now. So I decided to get my own background to Monster X Strikes Back. So I was able to go to G-Fest this year, and at Mark Jaramillo's Kaiju Guide and Preview panel, he played a trailer for one of Minoru Kawasaki's first films about a guy who turns into an Ultraman-like character when he drinks a beer. And it was hilarious. So then the only other movie I could find by Minoru Kawasaki was The World Sinks Except Japan, which is obviously a parody of the submersion of Japan and the sinking of Japan. There were links in there that helped me get Monster X so much better. For example, the actor John Heese, who played President Berger in Monster X, was the American president in The World Sinks Except Japan. Incidentally, the drunken Ultraman character has a cameo in that one, too. Also, Kim Jong-il pops up with the lame hostage takeover at the end of The World Sinks Except Japan. So it's kind of a running joke. So watching Monster X Strikes Back with this background and understanding, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Uh, Other scenes I enjoyed were the cute Kenny kid from Gamera getting kicked out of the war room. Like, finally. And the endless dance sequence is really funny to anyone who's a fan of kaiju movies. And and also seeing Beat Takeshi as the Takimaijin was a treat. At first, I didn't get why he was in this because I only saw his like gangster triad films. But again, after hearing that he was also a comedian on the Kaiju cast, I understood why they picked him for this movie. So I would say this is a flick for diehard kaiju fans. But rather than a critical jibe laughing at the genre, it's more of a loving tribute to it, laughing with it. So I highly recommend this movie. Thanks. Remember, if you want to send in your homework via audio, you can totally do that now. I'll have details at the end of the Daikaiju discussion segment We're going to go ahead and continue things with Michael, who asks, What happens when you make an even weirder sequel to already one of the weirdest movies in kaiju cinema history? You get the absolute funniest kaiju spoof ever made. Monster X strikes back, lampoons not only the kaiju genre, but makes fun of modern society as well. 
The first disappointment comes when obvious stock footage of Gilala's attack on Tokyo in the original film is used instead of completely new footage. This is probably why Gilala has not changed in his design since 1967. He is still the chicken-footed, TV antenna-headed kaiju with a vestigial set of pinchers at the tip of his tail. This could have been the perfect attempt to go down the Heisei-Gara route and make Gilala more imposing. The acting in this movie is also so bad it's good, with the world leaders trying to exterminate the space monster in the grand tradition of Toho's monster movies. Another downside to Monster X Strikes Back is the continuity. The characters in this movie act as if this is the first time Gilala has appeared. And although actor Toshiya Wazaki, who was Captain Sano in the original, comes back as Dr. Sano in the sequel, Gilala is only named by a boy who sneaks into the G8 summit and is swiftly given the boot by General Hayata. This is probably a nudge to the idea of Hoshino in the original Ultraman series, as Hoshino just visits the Science Patrol without any kind of clearance. There are also plenty of references to point out, such as the AAC Beta ship from China that brings Gilala's spores to Earth as a nod to the AAB Gamma ship in the original X from Outer Space. A guy on television who says that Gilala's appearance is a childhood dream come true says that he would rather have had it been Varan or Baragon appear. Also, if you look closely, what's that in Kurobe's hand when he's giving orders? That's right, it's the freaking Beta Capsule. The one part Michael found the funniest is the reveal of Ozumi as Kim Jong-il in disguise, maybe trying to demand a Pulgasari 2, perhaps. When he launches his missile from Pyongyang, you can hear, Fourth gate open! Fourth gate open! All right, let's go! being heard in Korean, which is a nod to the launching of the Ultra Hawks in Ultra 7. The reason for all the Ultraman references is due to the fact that Shochiku was the distributor of many of the recent Ultraman films, such as Ultraman Mabius and the Ultra Brothers, Super 8 Ultra Brothers, and Michael's favorite Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy, which introduced Ultraman Zero. There's also a subplot involving two reporters, one of which was Kazuki Kato, who was actually in a tokusatsu movie the year before. Kato actually played the role of Shiro Kazami in Kamen Rider The Next. By the end of the movie, Mr. Hans Brick's Pleasure Brigade is apprehended after witnessing the power of the French president's Nekikoma. And what of the missiles, you ask? It goes right up Takemajin's poop shoot and then proceeds to fight Gilala to the death. Michael kind of wishes Takemajin's arms could have played a part in the battle, acting like Doc Ock's tentacles, but they just disappear for no reason. Takemajin then decapitates Gilala with his own variation of Ultraman's Ultra Slash, and two pelvic thrusts later, the monster blows up. Final thoughts? Michael gives it four out of five stars. It is without a doubt the funniest kaiju comedy. Adams says that the original X from Outer Space from 1967 starred newcomer Gilala, a monster who looked so ridiculous that there was no way they could have made this sequel anything but a comedy. At least Adam thinks it's a sequel. While the title indicates Gilala does indeed strike back after being beaten 42 years ago in the first movie, there's a scene here with a kid who looks like he walked out of a 60s camera film who names the creature Gilala, as if he had never been named or seen before. As for the movie being a comedy, believe it or not, it's actually a decent comedy. But the jokes aren't random. There's actually a lot of clever writing here, especially when each of the world leaders takes turns at offering, failing, suggestions on how to kill Gilala. Adam's main gripe is there really isn't much destruction by the titular monster. Actually, his best scenes come right at the beginning of the film. Just minutes in, he lands on Earth, destroys some buildings, and walks off. We then see Gilala fend off the occasional attempt to kill him, 
and of course his fight with Take Majin, but the destruction ends right at the start, which is unfortunate since his destruction scenes are all stock footage from the original movie. If listeners want to check out more stuff made by the director Minoru Kawasaki, Adam recommends Den Ace as a satiric slapstick take on the Ultraman franchise. Girara no Gyakushu, Toyaku Sumito Kikuipatsu, slash Gilala Strikes Back, the Toyako Summit Attack Crisis, slash the Monster X Strikes Back, slash Attack the G8 Summit. Definitely the greatest movie ever. Mike Keller says, this movie sucks. Okay, Mike is sorry, he will try and offer more insightful commentary. But seriously, Mike says this movie does suck. Mike is aware that director Kawasaki is a genre fan. He stated in interviews that Ishiro Hondo is one of his idols, and he's inserted plenty of homages into this film, including Ben Furuya and Susumo Kurobe, the Fukube-esque music, and the little kid showing up to offer wisdom during a military conference. Mike thinks that Kawasaki's heart might be in the right place, but his brain should have told him to do something else instead. Mike has seen one other of Kawasaki's films a movie whose Japanese title is Neko Ramen Taisho, and whose international title can't be said on air. Mike says that it's obvious from comparing his humor to that of Hitoshi Matsumoto and Big Man Japan that Nippon houses many different styles of comedy. Kawasaki's style is not really uniquely Japanese, as we've seen the same sort of thing over here in stuff like the Scary Movie series. Mike thinks it's not just silly, it's infantile, and it's hard to imagine that adults made this film. Yet Mike notes that in Monster X Strikes Back, Kawasaki tries to insert some occasional seriousness and somberness. Mike thinks that these scenes clash drastically with the rest of the film, to say the least. He also says that the movie takes one of the biggest bugbears of the Heisei Godzilla series, crap non-Japanese acting and dialogue, and cranks it up to 11. Even for a comedy, Mike feels that this is a bit much. He says that it seems as though Kawasaki raided the local youth hostel and lured every guest over 35 back to his studio with the promise of free donuts if they would just wear some suits and ties and read some lines off teleprompters and cue cards. And obviously, this was never meant to be seen outside of Japan because the average Japanese person's inability to differentiate between American and British accents might work fine on those shores, but becomes a discernible problem when viewed overseas. Mike thinks that the inclusion of Gilala as a curiosity, why not make up a new monster? Or does Gilala really have that much of a cult following in Japan? This is a reboot for the Gilala universe, and in no way an actual sequel or a prequel to the original film. Although one character, in Deadpool fashion, seems aware that Gilala, Baran, and Baragon have all appeared in movies before. Mike says that the new suit is nice, but it's kind of a cop-out that a lot of Gilala's earlier scenes were just stock footage. He also asks, did anyone notice that Takamaijin's multiple arms came and went at the whim of editing? Probably not one of Takashi Kitano's finest moments, by the way. The title is just annoying. Monster X brings to mind either Jiger or the monster from Godzilla Final Wars. Maybe the X rather than Monster X would have been better, but why reference the American version at all? Just call it Gilala. So yeah, Mike didn't really dig this one, but he is left curious as to what Nekikoma is supposed to mean, and why does it involve a dance where people seem to be applying feminine hygiene products. So there you have it, our Daikaiju discussion for Monster X Attacks the G8 Summit. Next month is my birthday. So I gave myself a little bit of an early birthday present and did some minor creative editing to the Daikaiju discussion schedule, moved a couple of things around. You can thank me later, but I moved the Ultraman Tiga slash Dyna film to the end of the schedule. Maybe it'll be released on Blu-ray? I don't know. Probably not, though. But here's where the birthday present to me comes in. 
September's discussion film is the 2001 Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, or, and this one is for you old school listeners, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Daikaiju, Sokugeki. You'll need to send in your homework before September 25th. Back when we reviewed Monster Zero, I think I joked that we wouldn't be accepting any criticism of that film. While that was a joke, we did mostly get just positive <laughs> reviews in. I know that GMK is a polarizing film in the Godzilla fandom. For some reason, people really like it or they really dislike it. If you're in that dislike camp, I actually welcome the criticism because I've never really been able to grasp how anyone can not just totally love it. The only thing I'm going to require there is for you to make a legitimate argument for why the film isn't awesome. Having said that, I expect this will be another landslide of homework, possibly record-breaking. So please, please, please keep your thoughts as concise as possible. If you submit a multi-page review, it will be edited for time and content. And just to warn you, I have much, much, much less time to devote to editing of the listener homework these days, so it might not be very pretty. Anyway, that's it. Like I said, you got to send your homework in before December 25th. Remember, there are three ways to submit your own Daikaiju discussion. There's a handy contact form on kaijucast.com. You can call in your discussion. Just remember to, one, keep it under three minutes, two, keep it clean, and three, have your reviews sort of in order before you make the call. And then the final way is you can also email me an MP3 to controller at kaijucast.com. If you would like to call in your Daikaiju discussion, remember the number is 786 505 2458. Now, with that out of the way, it would normally be time to do some news, but uh, there's not really anything newsworthy. So we're just going to go straight to catastrophic events. September 19th and 20 here in Portland, Oregon, we are going to have Rose City Comic Con happen. Now, Keith Foster and I are tabling. The booth number is 1121. We are completely scrapping the boring old table with merch convention staple, and we are turning our booth into a kaiju-sized photo op. We will, of course, have stuff to sell, but you'll definitely want to come by and check out what we're doing. And you don't want to miss these panels, too. Saturday at 1230, Hail to the King, 60 Years of Destruction will be screened as part of Rose City Comic Con's film festival in room number two. This will be followed by a Q&A with Martin and myself. Sunday at 10.30 a.m., I'll be joining Rachel and Miles from Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men, Jamie Jeffers, and Megan Zern of the British History Podcast, for the Monsters of Podcasting panel to discuss the business and craft of podcasting, finding your niche, nuts and bolts of promotion, and what it means to go pro. That's in panel room four. Sunday at 1.30 p.m., prepare yourselves for our game show panel, Giant Monster Happy Challenge! We talked about it in the last episode, but we're in the midst of the ridiculous amount of planning required to make this happen, and we're going to need your help. First and foremost, if you are going to be at Rose City Comic Con, please sign up to be one of the contestants of our game show. The form is online and will be linked to in the show notes. Additionally, we're going to be conducting some Facebook surveys. If you follow us, please keep an eye out for these in the coming weeks. Last but not least, we are having an off-site listener party Saturday night at 8 p.m., at the downtown Portland Killer Burger. This is your chance to meet and hang out with a pretty big chunk of the Kaiju Cast crew, plus Killer Burger. That place is awesome. They have very tasty food and drinks. Anyway, that is going to do it for this month. It's been a pretty monumental month for the Kaiju Cast. Three episodes and an audio commentary were all released. That's right, an audio commentary. The live one recorded at G-Fest was posted, so if you haven't checked that out, it's for Monster Zero and features August Ragoni. 
Anyway, that's a Godzilla mic drop right there. We'll see you in September for more Kaiju-tastic episodes. Jamata. Mm-hmm.